It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. What a change a couple of days make. What a big change a couple of days make. Welcome to the Monday Mailbag Edition of CBJ and 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. I'm Bob McElligot here in the mailroom, ready to answer your questions coming up, as I always do on Mondays. But the tone is a little bit different today. Can you believe it? I know you can. I know you can believe it. The Blue Jackets. At this time last week, we're finishing up a homestand where you were wondering, are they really headed in the right direction? What's going on? They suffered a bad loss to the Florida Panthers. They kind of had their ups and downs with the Dallas Stars. And you're saying, hey, is this heading the right way? I'm sitting here saying things like, hey, they're doing some things better. They're starting to do things more like themselves. And you're going, are you sure about that? Are you 100%? Because I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell. I'm, I'm not sure. I think you're just feeding me a line here. I think you're just trying to protect John Tortorella. I think your buddy's with him. I think, uh, you know, that you just want to, you want to keep him uh, protected. You want to keep the, the flack away from him. I know what you're thinking. And I, rightfully so. I mean, as a fan, I, I know the things that go through fans' minds. I mean, sometimes people agree with me. Sometimes they don't agree with me, you know, but the bottom line is, what am I? 98.94% right, probably somewhere in that neighborhood. But anyway, look what a couple of wins will do for the psyche of a team and for the psyche of its fan base. And that's what the Blue Jackets have gotten in the last two games is a couple of big wins in Carolina against the Hurricanes. And they're only halfway there because starting tonight, they've got two more games with the Hurricanes here at Nationwide Arena. Well, I'm going to get to all of your stuff, but first I'm going to tell you about my good friends at Telhio Credit Union, and I'm going to tell you how back in 1934 is when they began putting people above profits. I'm going to tell you that that is just their DNA. That's how they do business. They don't even think about it. They just treat their customers right. That's what they do, and that's why you should consider being one of their customers. Now, one of the first questions you might have is, why should I join a credit union? Or what's the difference between a regular bank and a credit union? And then why should I join a credit union? Those questions, they're, they're typical. Well, the answer to those questions and many more are on Telhio website at telhio.org. Now, when you go through there, you click on the different tabs. They'll tell you about all of their services. They'll tell you about the perks that they provide because they do provide perks with their services. And you might find something that you'll get there that you're not getting with the regular bank that you're with right now. It could be eye-opening for you, as a matter of fact. Absolutely eye-opening. So you should check it out. Maybe you'll find something you weren't expecting. And then maybe you'll be asking yourself that question, why deal with just a normal bank when you can deal with a credit union that puts you ahead of everything else? Tell Ohio Credit Union. Find them on the web at tellhio.org. Well, the uh, weekend in Carolina was pretty much the Seth Jones show as it uh, all worked out. Well, if it wasn't Seth, it was a goalie, right? No doubt about it. The first game Thursday, Seth had two goals. He had the first goal of the game. He had the overtime game winner. 
and Jonas Corposalo had some outstanding saves. As a matter of fact, Corposalo played so well in that game that I was shocked when they went with Elvis Merzlikens on Saturday. I was. I, I was. I was just wondering why, because that can send different messages to your team and to your goalies. Now, if I'm Jonas Corposalo and I'm putting him, or yeah, I'm putting myself in his skates. I'm sitting there thinking, well, I think I played pretty well and I should get the opportunity to go, to go again. And then I don't. So I'm, I'm confused. I'm not speaking for him. I'm just saying, I'm just giving you the psyche a little bit of that position because it's different. You know, you think you played well, then you're not playing. And then you're, look, you know, you can't play every game, but you want to play every game. There are sometimes, you know, that I'm not going to play the next game because I stunk in this game. That was not the case. Played really well. And uh, he didn't start on Saturday, but as it turned out, it didn't make a difference because Elvis Merzlikens was able to get it done in a shootout, had some uh, really big saves in that game too. And, uh, you know, I was a little bit critical on him or of him, I should say, on the, the second Carolina goal. I, here's what I think, and I'm just going to tell you, I always tell you what I think. I think there are times that Elvis should just absorb a puck and cover it instead of looking to play it or, you know, sometimes he's trying to steer it to the corner. I felt like on the second goal, and again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, if I go back and look at that replay right now, maybe I, I change my tune. I doubt it, but maybe I do. But I, I just felt like he was trying to sweep it away uh, with a stick and, and it ended up going back to the Hurricanes. And again, Elvis is exceptional at playing the puck, but I still think that he's learning when, you know, it's like Kenny Rogers in The Gambler, right? Sometimes you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just not, it's, it's the national hockey league. Sometimes a play that you've made for all your life, you still can't make here because guys are on top of you much more quickly. Again, that ice surface is smaller. You know, I, you know, there are times when I just feel like there's, it's almost, chaos in front of him because of a rebound and you know sometimes it hits his body and he just can't stop it okay and other times he plays it and then it creates the chaos but all of that said played very well got them the win that's the bottom line right get the win and that's all that matters now if you look at the first two games of the series Carolina lost both games but they got a point in each game so they're okay you know they're trying to catch up with Florida and Tampa they're fine the Blue Jackets needed the two points in each of the games to catch up with the Chicago Blackhawks, which they have now done. They have caught them. And there are, oh, so many pessimists out there. <laughs> and all the stuff that I've read, all the stuff that I've stumbled across, didn't mean to, but did. Um, you know, all the Dallas Stars have five games in hand. That's a possible 10 points. Watch out for them. They're a sleeper. I've said this a million times. Those games in hand only mean something if you win them. And I don't know if the Dallas Stars will win them or not. But I know this. If you continue to win your games, that puts more pressure on them to win their games. And you can't control what they do. You can only control what you do. So just do what you do. Get as many points as you possibly can. Uh, what else? What, what other just absolutely mind-boggling things have I seen? Uh, people saying, we don't need to make the playoffs. You don't need to get hot right now. This team needs a top-five draft pick. And uh, Come on, really? You want to go back there? 
you want to go back there right now? Look, this team's going to be back there. At some point, it's going to be back there. Every team gets back there. At some point, you will. But are you ready to go back there right now when you still have pieces? I'm not. I'm not ready at all. You know, if they play as hard as they can play and they don't make the playoffs, okay, so be it. But just to say, like, oh, don't get hot now. Oh, don't get hot. Don't get in the playoffs. This team can't do anything in the playoffs. That, That bothers me. I just don't like that. Everyone is playing to try to win the Stanley Cup. Stranger things have happened in professional sports. How about going to overtime the other day? When the what were the Blue Jackets? One and six in overtime or one and seven in overtime, whatever it was. Carolina was seven and one. Who won the game? Not the Hurricanes. You just don't know what'll happen. As the saying goes, the cliche, you don't know until you play the game. So play as many games as you can. Just keep on playing. So that that attitude bugs me. That whole, well, let's just bottom out here and let's if you think in this draft, which by the way is supposed to be a little bit more of a down draft, and I like a, a down draft. What is this? Place on fire? Um am I am I a weatherman? What am I you know, a down draft? This the talent in this draft is supposedly lesser than last year's and next year's so is this where you want to finish in the top three top five do you really want to do that i don't i'm not going to lie to you i don't i don't want to do that there are better ways to go about things and you can really go about them in better ways if you're winning okay because last week i had questions about who would you trade and you know David Savard's an unrestricted free agent. There's a lot of talk, a lot of scuttlebutt if you want to go around and read and listen to things about David Savard going somewhere, Nick Felino maybe going somewhere, another unrestricted free agent, Michael Delzato, uh, maybe. You know, you start dealing all those people. It's like I said to, I forget who it was last week, we're talking about trades. Who do you want to trade? Who are the valuable pieces that you have? Those three guys I just talked about, Boone Jenner, are you ready to do that? Uh, you could talk about trading a goalie. That's an off-season thing. You got to make sure that Seth Jones is is really committed to re-signing because he'll be an unrestricted free agent after next year. If he's not, then you've got to make a move there. Zach Wierenski's in two years. Like, is one going to stay and the other one's not going to stay? Is there any way you can keep them both? There's many, many questions. So I'm not ready to go back to the to the uh, the top five and celebrate a draft and be you know just talking for two months about how excited we are about the draft and the prospect they could get. I mean, I've done that and I'll do it again. I just don't want to do it now. And I just don't think now's the time. Anyway, could be wrong. Bottom could fall out of this, but I think the cream is starting to rise to the top with this team. All right. I've talked enough. It's time for me to hear from you and see what's on your mind. Whether you sent a question to me on Twitter at Bobby Mac sports, whether you emailed me something, Bobby Mack at bluejackets.com. I'm going to get to all of it here uh, as we go along. And the first thing I want to grab is from Twitter and Abby Dill from Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Abby, I, and I've got a good story for this, Abby. So I wanted to take yours first here. Abby says, listen to the end of the Blue Jackets game driving home on Saturday. And as soon as I called the power play goal in overtime, She turned off the radio, didn't look at the scores, 
and then turned on Channel 10 Sunday morning, and Brittany Bailey said that the Blue Jackets won. And Abby said, I checked it out, and wow, now that was a great surprise. I got to tell you, this is a true story. And if you listen to me on a regular basis, you know I'm not lying. There's sometimes I just get so frustrated in a game like that, and the goal is scored, and I'll just take the break and send it right to the postgame show. I'm, I'm done. I'm mad. There's nothing I could do to change it, and, and I'm mad. And I just go. And I was just about there. I thought about it. I saw that puck go in the net, and I thought about it. And all of a sudden, I thought, you know what? Today, I'm going to be more professional. Today, they got a point here. There's two more games. Let's kind of talk everyone, including me talking myself off the ledge, okay? So I'm talking, and I'm wrapping stuff up, and all of a sudden, then, and remember, I'm calling these games off a monitor, not in the building, which sucks especially in this case, because if I was there, I would have seen the officials go to the penalty box and get the headsets a lot earlier than I did. But uh, all of a sudden now I see that they are talking with Toronto on this and they're looking at whatever the call is. And then the replays they're showing is uh, Svechnikov was in front of the net. So the first replay they showed, it appeared to me like they were, trying to look to see if there was contact with the goalie, which there wasn't. So I thought, well, it's going to be good. Then they finally showed the offside. And it it was Svechnikov, ironically, who was offside. And he was at the top of the screen. You couldn't even see his head, but you could see his feet. And he was over the line. So Blue Jackets catch a break, and then they come back and they win the game in the shootout. So, yeah, I was so close, and I was so mad when that puck went in the net. And I almost took the break. Had I taken the break, I might have been in – in a bad way because our break goes, I don't know, three, three and a half minutes. And then we go right into our post-game show open. So who knows? They might've been playing again when I got back. So I'm glad that I actually took a breath, acted like an adult and did the right thing (laughs) for a change. Maybe you could say, but uh, so thanks, Abby. I'm, I'm glad you were pleasantly surprised. Sorry. You didn't hang around with me, but I do understand why you didn't. And Uh, From things that I read throughout the day yesterday, I see that there were a lot of people that were in that boat. They clicked it off and they were shocked later when they found out that the Blue Jackets had won a game that they lost or that they appeared to have lost. Uh, Lauren checks in and she says, I just watched the video of the guys coming back into the locker room. They all look so happy, except for Patrick Line. Is he just kind of a chill focused guy or do you think that he's just doing his job here until he goes somewhere else? Lauren, I think that's how he is. And I'll be honest with you, in any other year, I would be more, uh, I would uh, I would feel better about answering this question because I would know that, uh, I, I would feel like I knew the answer a lot better. I don't, I'll tell you this. He has that Finnish mentality. He has the, uh, that's how the Finns are. You know, they don't get, uh, they don't get too high. They don't get too low. They're pretty even keeled along the way. So um, I wouldn't read anything into that. I really wouldn't. Uh, You know, he is working hard. I mean, he's, he's all business when he's, when he's playing the game, he's all business. And that is a a fact of life. So uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go getting all worried about that and think anything about it because uh, that's, that's just who he is. I'm sure he was happy to win that game. I'm, I'm sure he was thrilled to win that game, actually. 
but um, that's that's just how he is, and that's that's just how he plays. Speaking of Patrick Line, let me go to uh, an email that I got here from Hockey Bob down in Perlin, Texas, formerly from Dayton. So he's gone to Texas from Dayton. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this is, well, it's kind of long. So just stay with me for a second here because Robert makes some good points. Uh, he says, uh, your Monday mailbag was great last week. I understand the frustration of many fans, including Cameron, that I was upset with the team, the way they played in the third period against Florida uh, that night, not the coach. I love the comments about social media. I know everyone has a, an opinion. But it seems to me there are so many people who want to blame Torts for every player that has left the team and every move that he has made. Not that he has made any coaching mistakes, or not that he has not made any coaching mistakes, and he has admitted he's not perfect, but players leaving have never said it was because of him. Uh, to help maybe back up John Tortorella's setting down of Patrick Line at certain times, I have some stats. I'm not trying to put Line down in a bad way. I feel he's a player that has great skills and a great shot. We should try to sign him to a long-term contract, but he is not yet an overall player like Artemi Panarin. I feel the media in some, in some ways had made him to be the savior of the Blue Jackets, being that he has star quality. But here's some stats. In Winnipeg for his career, 306 games, he was a plus-minus of zero. Great. Not that uh, plus-minus is the best measure of a player, but in the 1819 season, when it looked like he may have struggled with only 50 points in 82 games, he was a minus 24. Now on that same team, the next uh, worst plus minus was a minus 12 and a minus seven. Everyone else was close to a zero or they were a plus. So I, I can go into all of this litany of stats here. And, and again, hockey, Bob, thank you for all of that. Um, and I, I get it. I, and I, so what he is saying is, He's learning to be a two-way player. He's still learning to be a two-way player, and that's fair. That's absolutely fair. And in, John Tortorella has said flat out, we got to teach him. That's what he says about all of his players, no matter who it is. How many times have you heard him say that about a player? Anthony Duclair, we got to teach him. I just don't think he knows. It's not his fault. He doesn't know. You know, things like that. So, yeah, I agree. That goes with Lauren's thing. I mean, that's just how he is. Just how he is. Um, what else do I have on that? I know I have something else on that. So I want to go to I want to go to a voice question about that very same thing. I'll keep it on the, the same theme here as long as we can. And uh, talk a little bit more about Patrick Line. I like how we're talking about him this week. I mean, last week we we're talking about him not playing the final six and a half, seven minutes of a game and not getting into uh, an overtime. Remember, that was a huge deal. He didn't get to play in overtime. You remember that, right? Yeah, I know you remember that. So um, he did play in overtime the last couple of games. We did see him in the overtime. So that has uh, been corrected. Whoops, let me, uh, yeah. So there, that just popped right in there before I was ready. But all right, here's, uh, here's the next question. Hey, Bobby, it's Mark in Youngstown, Ohio. It's Friday, just finished listening to your podcast and looking to get on to my uh, second time on your show, hopefully. Um, my question might be a little long-winded. I know some of them have been recently, so I apologize in advance if this gets a little winded. But my question is, is last night, seeing the decor do well, my favorite player, Seth Jones, doing fantastic, scoring two goals. Um Overtime, uh, the overtime win, something we desperately needed. Uh, you know, the last couple of weeks I've listened to 
some of the fans. Uh, I know Cameron was very upset with Torts a few weeks ago. Uh, I won't lie, at that time I was too. But then last night's overtime happened, and after calming down a bit, I would still say I would never want to see Torts leave, though I don't think he will be here next next season. I have a feeling he retires. He's uncharacteristically friendlier on his post-game uh interviews he seems m- much more willing to go into depth on his uh answers but anyway uh on overtime to me it looked like Patrick Line was lost he looked confused out of place uh just not like he was comfortable on the ice didn't know what he was supposed to be doing and my thought on throughout the game was he was kind of gliding on the ice not really chasing after much sometimes he looked like he was almost in the way um is that just his style of skating is he similar to Zach who sometimes just looks like he's moseying along on the ice and you're like pick up your feet already you're about to get caught uh which you know he had a few of those last night but he always comes out of them is that what Patrick Laine's doing or is the effort not there, or is he just so uncomfortable and he just needs more time to acclimate to the team like Max Domi, who's recently really starting to show what he can do and look like a force on the on the ice? Does Patrick Laine just need more time to get used to the team this year, or uh, is that just uh, how he presents himself? Uh, also question would be um do you can do you think kind of swapping out the centers with him uh are um good for his his confidence and trying to build something on the ice you know rick riley nash and felino as centers are not ideal obviously i feel like this year boone jenner has been kind of lost and forgotten about and would somebody predictable who you know is going to be on the ice and work hard defensively help him um more so as he's a young leader on the team or I know he's injured would Alexander Texier who has a bullet of a of a pass be something that would help get him the puck and distributed to him more and Tex and Bjorkstrand on the line with him as really hard on the uh, boards would that complement his game uh pre- look forward to answering your question hopefully i make it on the show monday uh and go blue jackets all right mark well thank you uh for that um lot there but it boils down to kind of the same things yes that is the way patrick line skates it, it is a lot like zach waranski looks like it's um like he's lagging behind and then he's not Zach's great at it. And John Tortorella has said many times that he had to get used to the way that Zach skates and plays because he, um, you know, he, he looks like he's just gliding and dogging it and he's not It's just how he is. He gets to the pucks. He protects the puck. He, he makes the plays. And I think Patrick line is very much the same way. The overtimes are and John Tortorella has talked about this. They play man on man in overtime. And, you know, sometimes maybe line a has a problem with that and gets against a, a smaller and a quicker guy, but you know, for the most part, yeah, he's played in those overtimes. He hasn't been a factor, right? And that doesn't mean he can't be a factor. It doesn't mean he won't be a factor at some point, but he hasn't been so far, but yes, he is just a deliberate 
skater in the way that he goes about things. You're absolutely right about that. All right, let's uh, get another email in here. And this is from Corey. And uh, Corey said, I'd really love to hear your thoughts on why Zach Wierenski couldn't play center on this team. To me, all the key ingredients are there. Excellent skaters, silky mitts, playmaking ability, solid checking, obviously responsible defensively. And most importantly to me, one of the few guys on the team that seems to want the puck and is confident carrying it into the offensive zone. Torch has talked about valuing the ability to control the puck and challenge defenders when crossing over the blue line. Look at his three-on-three play for great examples of this. Zach also seems to spend the most time of our D-men playing in the lower offensive zone. If I'm not mistaken, Zach's always been described as a rover by Torts and others. So my question is, why couldn't it be done? Maybe it's just the baseball fan in me where positional versatility seems to be valued and experimented with more than ever right now. But he seems to check all the boxes, and we obviously need centers more than D-men. Would it be a lack of interest from the player? Old-school hockey mentality, just saying it wouldn't work. Too hard to transition at the NHL level. An agent getting in the way would love to see what he could do playing lower in the offensive zone full-time, especially if the season were to fall out of playoff contention. Obviously I know this is almost certainly not going to happen. Just looking for a philosophical debate as to why we never see it in the NHL. Blue Jackets alumni, Sergei Fedorov famously shifted to defense a handful of times during his career, which I always admired. And that's Corey in Cincinnati. He also says, PS I read on Facebook and it seems that all Blue Jackets fans agree that Cameron in Kentucky's voice questions are way too long and hurt the rhythm of the show. I think a 60-second limit should be imposed. Come on, don't pick on Cameron from last week. I was tough on him last week. But you do have a point. We just heard from Mark, who warned me he was going to be long-winded. And boy, he wasn't kidding. So maybe, maybe we should have like a shot clock in basketball, right? Something like that. We don't have to have a clock. Let me just tell you, I, I love your voice questions when you guys are sending them in, your videos, your voice questions. I love them. Just tighten it up. Just tighten it up a little bit. I call it word economy. How can you say more with less? So just think about that. How can you say more with less? How can you take a, a three-minute question and make it into a minute and a half question? You can do it. It's it's just thinking about it. Trust me. Actually, I, I have somebody that can help you out well. I can help you out, but I can tell you how you can be helped out here in just a few minutes. But Corey, let me get to your thing. Um, I understand what you're saying, but listen, first of all, it's just not going to happen. Uh, Zach is more, he is more valuable as a defenseman. And could you put him on the wing and have him play it? Yes. And, and you're talking about defensive responsibility, but it's just, it's different as a centerman. It's all the way, it's a 200 foot game up and down the ice. And you're going to say, well, Zach does get down there 200 feet, and he does jump up offensively on the play, but it's just a different skill set. Plus, what about the face-offs? Now, I've never seen him take one, but if he's not winning the face-offs, then you're losing that first battle of every shift. And you're going to come back at me and say, well, who is winning that face-off on a regular basis? And I'm going to say, you got me. Um, but it's, it's just not going to happen. I understand the question, uh, but he's more valuable as a blue liner that jumps up on the play. And he does make all of those plays back uh, on the other end. And you bring up the Sergei Fedorov thing. It's a, it's, it's easy. That's an easier transition to go back and play on the blue line. I think I'll ask Jean-Luc Grandpierre about that. Maybe I'll get him to talk about that a little bit and have a follow-up for you next week. Cause he can speak about it better than I can, but I can tell you this it ain't going to happen. Even if you fall out of playoff contention, it ain't going to happen. I know that's not proper English, but all I can say is it ain't going to happen. 
Uh, what else do I have here? Oh, I got plenty of stuff. I'm holding one for you. I'm holding one for you. Um, let me see. I've got, well, let me just, let me just get this one for you from Twitter. And, uh, this is from Bobcat fan. What are the tiebreakers if we're tied with the team and also tied in regulation wins? Okay. So that, that's a good question. Like with the Blackhawks, you're tied in points. Um, in this case, they have more regulation. It's regulation and overtime wins. The shootout gets taken out regulation and overtime wins. Uh, that's the, um, that's a tiebreaker. And then if you happen to be tied in that category too, then it goes to points in a series, your head to head series. So that would be the next tiebreaker. See, that was nice, easy, concise. That's how we do it. That's how we get it done. All right, let's uh, get another. I've got, I've got two more voice questions here, and then I'm gonna. Well, I've got three. I'm saving the best one for last because I want to surprise you with it. But uh, let me go back to seeing what else you got for me. Here we go. Hey, Bob, Mike the Fireman here. Had a question for you. Uh, the past couple of years, the NHL has had two serious events on the bench with Jay Bobeenster and Rich Peverly both going into cardiac arrest. Uh, however, both were saved by quick and effective action by the training staffs and physicians who are right next to the players at all times. Um, any other sport, any other location, I know those outcomes would have been different. So I would love to get your take on uh, the CBJ training staff, on how they stay so prepared, what steps they take, and just giving them kind of uh, the recognition that all of those training staffs and medical professionals deserve. Thanks again for what you do, man. All right, Mike, thanks. Appreciate that. That's a, that is a good question. And it's something that we don't get very often. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, th those guys do a great job. They really do. Uh, and they've got to be ready for everything. And so there's always, you know, you, you, <laughs> the, the certification process, um, always making sure that you're up to date on the newest procedures and things that, uh, you know, that you could face in a game. And those, remember, we were there for the Rich Peverly thing in Dallas. And it was uh, it was a scary situation uh, to watch that whole thing unfold. And uh, those trainers, they just jumped right there. They had the uh, defibrillator by the bench. That's a big thing right there. Um, you know, they have that, they have those tools available. And uh, that's one thing. But again, the training, you know, those guys always have to be keeping up to date they've got to be in close contact with the team doctors and uh their athletic uh, the athletic trainers association whatever it is uh you know they're they're always in touch with each other they're always in touch with their their organizations and they are always um just getting it done and mike vote is the head athletic trainer and mike's been here for a long time and he does a great job of heading up that department um, Chris Strickland is there with him doing a lot of that work in Nate Scotto, those three guys, the stuff they do, it's, it's ridiculous. And I, and I don't want to forget, I don't want to forget the equipment guys either with, uh, uh Tim, uh, Tim Leroy and, uh, uh, Jamie Healy and Jason Stepinski. I mean, that group of six and I, and I'll put Kevin Collins strength coach in there too, because he works closely with those guys as well. That group does so much. You have no idea, no idea how much work that they do 
uh, the equipment guys. And I would not want that job for all the money in the world dealing with all that stuff, the laundry and the, the, the sticks and the helmets and the, and, you know, taking care of everybody and making sure everything is done to perfection because every player likes their things different. Uh, the training staff, same thing. Treatments are different. You know, um, that one guy likes something one way and the other guy likes uh, the same kind of treatment a different way. All, all this stuff, those guys, they're always at the rink. Uh, they are always, when we go on the road, they're always going to the rink. When we get there, they've got to set things up. They set up their training room. They set up the, the, uh, all the equipment in the stalls for the next day. Those guys work more than you can believe all of them. But um, if it wasn't for people like that, uh, the players would not be as well taken care of as they are. So Mike, thank you for asking that question because all of those guys deserve to get recognition for everything they do and they do a lot trust me all right where am i going now i have got to go to uh to this next question and uh we'll get this one rolling here on this monday mailbag edition of cbj and 30 presented by Telhio credit union blue jackets are back on the ice tonight by the way against the hurricanes game three of this four game series is going to be played tonight at Nationwide Arena. As you could tell, I was buying time for this to be ready, and I have bought all the time that I need. Here we go. Hey, Bob, it's your man, Josh, from Grove City, Ohio. So I feel like the last couple of games are exactly what the doctor ordered for the Jackets. And I have to admit, I'm an optimist, but the last few weeks I had been pretty down about the Jackets' chances. And in fact... A few weeks ago, I told somebody out loud that I did not think we'd be seen in the postseason this year. And these last couple games have showed me and kind of made me think, shame on me. Shame on me and shame on all the other CBJ fans who have given up on this team when we know this is what they do. This is nothing new for the Jackets to get hot at the last third or so of the season. So my question to you is, do you think this is the beginning point of that? Because I do. I feel like this could very well be the beginning of that stretch where we get hot and we head into the postseason gelling and full of chemistry and uh, pizzazz, if you will. So we'd love your thoughts on that. Also, I want to say publicly, thanks so much for coming on my podcast. And I wanted to let you and everybody know listening that if they would like to hear you, Bob McGilligan and myself talk about communication and how to get better on camera, your episode on my podcast is live. My podcast is about web design, but in this episode, it's relevant to anybody who wants to get better at being on camera and communicating. Uh, you can go to joshhall.co slash 104. That's where your episode is, Bob. And my podcast is called The Josh Hall Web Design Show. If you want to look it up wherever you're listening to this and listen to that. So thanks again for coming on, Bob. It was a great conversation. Love chatting with you one-on-one. -on -one. And uh, again, love to hear your thoughts on where the Jackets are right now to see if this will be the start of what I hope is a very solid last third of the season. Thanks. Well, Josh, I can tell you this. If there is going to be such a run this year as there have been in previous years, this would seem to be a good start to it to get two big wins against the Hurricanes. Now, tonight, Blue Jackets have to come out and they have to do the exact same thing. They've got to, once again, find a way to get a win against the Carolina Hurricanes, for sure. Start to steamroll this thing. That's what they're good at. So this could be it. This could be it. I hope it is a sign that things are going the way they normally go at this time of the year. And we're going to find out. We'll find out really quickly starting tonight. Um, 
I do want to thank you for having me on your podcast too. And I was talking earlier in the show about word economy. Honestly, go and if you go and watch that show, I think you will learn something. Josh was great in leading me down a path of uh, how to present yourself in front of a camera and little tricks of the trade and being on camera, those kind of things. Uh, we talked about word economy, I do believe. It's been a while since I did the interview, but I think that we did talk about word economy, just getting things out a little bit more quickly, a little bit more succinct, a little bit more concise is what it's all about when you're communicating with people. I drag on sometimes, I know that, but for the most part, I try to think about that and I try to try to keep it to a minimum as much as I can. Sometimes I'm successful. <laughs> Other times, maybe not so much. And on that note, let me bring in the guy who's made himself a star here, especially last week. He was the topic of conversation. Had more tweets about this guy, and pro and against. So it went both ways. Pro and con is what I meant to say, right? Went both ways anyway, and, uh, you know, he's, he's always quick to chime in. He's, he's got an opinion. He's got a passion. I like that. So let's go to him right now. Hey, Bobby Mack, Cameron Maynard in Belfry, Kentucky. Um, I know I've been critical of the team as of late, but that's not the case today. I'm happy today with where this team's at. Um, you know, it's hard to be mad about anything right now. You know, an overtime win against the Carolina Hurricanes last Thursday – and a shootout and an absolute thriller last night. I'm very excited with where this team's at. You know, we're in fourth place now ahead of the Chicago Blackhawks in terms of percentage or whatever it was, correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, you know, it's hard to be mad about where this team's at right now. And I'm very excited going forward. It seems like this team is peaking at the right time. And hopefully we can, you know, continue the good times tomorrow with another win, a third straight over the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, first thing I want to ask is, you know, I saw recently where Alexander Texier was demoted to the taxi squad. Now, you know, in that playoff series against Tampa a couple years ago, you know, he played a great series and, you know, for the last couple years, it seems like he's been an up and coming player, but for whatever reason, and, and, you know, he started the season doing good this year. And for whatever reason, he just couldn't continue that. And he hasn't scored since January. So, you know, I mean, what's what's the deal with him? You know, is it something with the coaching staff? Is it something uh, like off the ice? I mean, what's the deal with him that he hasn't been playing very good since January? You know, I, I'd say there's a probably a reason that's hard to find out for that. I'm just wondering what happened with him. Um, and also, you know, as I mentioned, you know, this team's peaking at the right time. Um, you know... I mean, I have faith in John Tortorella's ability to lead this team back to the playoffs. You know, you'd be a fool to think he couldn't do it if, 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 you, uh, if you saw last year where he led us to the playoffs with all those injuries we had. Um, I remember when a guy asked on here, um, he said, do you think the team can win a Stanley Cup championship as currently constructed? Um, well, I want to say that I think they can at least win a playoff series. And I wanted to know if your mind has changed any about that. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, I've been critical of torts. I said fire torts last week. You know, I said it even like the Monday mailbag before that. But, you know, I kind of overestimated him a little bit in my opinion. And, you know, I I think, I mean, I think we can at least win a playoff series. And, you know, know, going to a Stanley Cup final, I don't know about that. But, you know, 
I'll ask that leads me to ask this question. Do you think this is the year that the Blue Jackets advance past the second round of the playoffs, which would be the farthest that they've been in team history getting to the Eastern Conference Finals? And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think we can. I mean, crazy things have happened. But, you know, if we play up to our potential and we play Blue Collar, Blue Jackets hockey, I think we can. So I'm looking forward to hearing your opinion on this and Alexander Texier. And I look forward to you answering my question. Thank you for all you do, Bob, as always. And go Jackets. Thanks. Well, you see, Cameron did come back and he said, I've been critical of John Tortorella. Now, last week, Cameron just said, fire John Tortorella. This week, he underestimated John Tortorella. So I told you you were doing last week, Cameron. But anyway, that's not important right now. But look, anyway, the wind blows, right? When you're losing, everything's terrible. Jody Shelley says this all the time. When you're losing, everything's terrible. When you're winning, everything is great. But you can also get blinded by winning. And Cameron, when you're saying you think that this team can win two playoff series the way it's currently constructed, I'm not going to say it can't because what you said was right, and I said it earlier. Things are possible. Anything is possible. Possible and likely are two different scenarios. And let's be completely honest about all of this. Without addressing the center position, somehow, some way, at the trade deadline, that is going to be very hard to do. Very hard to do. And how do you address it? Do you have to give up a piece that you like to get something? Do you have to give up a veteran piece that you like to another playoff team? Well, you're not going to get it from a playoff team, right? So you're, you're going to have to get it from somebody that's not in the playoffs. So what are they going to want? Young player, draft pick, prospect. How many of those do you really have? Do you have to part with a Liam Foody or an Alexander Texier just to throw out names? What do you have to do? Is it worth doing that? They're all good questions. Um, you know, if you could trade Emil Bemstrom, I'd do that in a second. Don't think that would happen. So uh, I just, I don't think, look, to get through two series, let's just say that the standings finish the way they are right now. They won't, but let's just say that. So what have you got? You've got, uh, you got Tampa, Florida, and Carolina all ahead of you, Right. So that means in the first round of the playoffs, you would have to uh, take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Been there, done that, right? One time with success, one time without success. You'd have to take on them. Let's say you beat them. Then you have to play the winner of Florida, Carolina. Those are tough. Those are tough. Without addressing the center position, that's tough. What is your center position right now? Nick Felino playing as a top-line center. Not ideal. Can he do it? Yeah. Is he handling it well between Bjorkstrand and line A? Yeah. Ideal? No. Handled? Yeah. Would you rather have Nick on the wing, utilizing his full capabilities? Me? Yeah. But you can't. You need to have him there. Jack Roslovic, still learning the position. Doing well, doing better, starting to grasp it more. Uh, Boone Jenner, third line. Or no, I said, hold on a second here. Wasn't, uh, where was Stenland? 
Stenlin had moved up and was playing with uh, Line A and Felino, right? And Bjorkstrand was playing with Jenner. Trying to think of the way it was on Saturday night. Bjorkstrand was playing with Jenner, and then who the heck am I missing here on the anyway? The fourth line was Ryan McInnes, Stefan Mateau, and Eric Robinson. It's still bugging me because who the heck am I forgetting on the other wing? And I know you're sitting there listening to this and you're yelling it and you're pounding the table and you know exactly who it is. And I'm uh, doggone it. Anyway, oh, it's Riley Nash. Thank you. I finally heard you. It's Riley Nash. So, so what uh, what you're looking at there? Getting through two playoff series with that as the combination down the middle, it'll be a challenge. Again, it can be done. It's not likely to be done. And, hey, here's somebody we keep forgetting about. I'll answer your text A question in a second, Cameron. Keep forgetting about Gus Nyquist. And when does he come back? He's been skating. When does he come back? That'll be a shot in the arm offensively, no doubt those quiet points that Gus puts up. But here's the thing with Texier. Okay, so he gets sick, has non-COVID-related illness, but he can't travel with the team on the trip. He's a victim of bad luck right now. I think his problem with, look, he started the year as the top-line left winger, right, with Bjorkstrand and Dubois. Then he went to center. He's learning that position. I, I think that has been a bit of a grind on him personally trying to figure it out, get the defensive responsibilities. I think that's taken a lot out of him, just trying to learn. So that's one thing that has slowed down his progress. But right now, it's bad luck. He got sick at the wrong time. Same thing with Mikhail Gregorenko. They were both put on the taxi squad yesterday. Gregorenko was supposed to play Thursday. He didn't feel well at lunchtime. He didn't play. Kevin Stenland did score a goal. As I said, Stenland was playing up with line A. Not Grigorenko. Now he's back on the taxi squad. And Texier, maybe that's a little bit of a surprise. But what John Tortorella found in the Carolina series is something that worked. Ryan McInnes and Stefan Mateau came up from that taxi squad. And you know what the Blue Jackets are playing now? Blue collar, Blue Jackets hockey. And I'll admit this to you. When I talked to him on Thursday and he said those guys were coming up and I knew he wanted to use them to get physical, and I said to him, you've got to catch them to hit them, right? Boy, did those guys hit them. Finished their checks. Eric Robinson on that line with them has been fun to watch the last two games. They found something there, a different element. Two John Tortorella-type players, big, physical They've done well. So if you're Texier, well, the fourth line is set. Your third line, and it's not really a third line, but you've got Bjorkstrand, Jenner, and Nash. So Nash is going to take draws in the defensive zone. You're not taking him out of there. You're not taking Boone Jenner out of there, and you're not taking Bjorkstrand out. Roslovic, Domi, Atkinson, not taking those guys out. Stenland's the only guy that could come out. And it looks like maybe there's a little bit of chemistry going on there with Felino and Lining. And plus you can move Kevin around and 
put Bjorkstrand back up there, all that jazz. But Stedlin's played well in the last two games. So you got sick at the wrong time. You're the odd man out. It's bad luck. In my opinion, it's just bad luck. And yeah, maybe he was just so overburdened by everything that was going on. Maybe he just needs a mental break. And he'll be disappointed, no doubt. But he'll be motivated because that's the kind of guy that he is. He'll be motivated by that move. And motivation is not a bad tool to have if you're a coach. You want to get somebody going? Motivate them. If that means taking them out of the lineup, putting them on a taxi squad after they've been in there day in and day out, okay. Not good enough right now, kid. That's the way it is. Now, they can go out there tonight, and McInnes and Mateau could have bad games. Stenlin could have a bad game. And there could be changes made for the second game of the series. Who knows? We'll see. But right now, to me, he's the odd man out. He's not playing well enough when all of this happened. And you're not going to mess with the lineup with all of this happening. So it's unfortunate, but he will bounce back. He has a lot of self-pride and a lot of self-confidence. And I know he's going to bounce back from it. You'll see him back here. Look, at one point, I didn't know how Emil Bemstrom would get back into the lineup. And right now, I don't know either. Like, he's on injured reserve. When he comes back, what are you going to do with him? You put him back in? If those guys, if McInnes and Mateau and Robinson continue to make a good fourth line, if you're getting some intimidation and some physical play and you're winning games, are you going to change that? No. Is it going to be the way that it's been the last two games with those guys? Probably not. But maybe so. It's all about timing. And uh, unfortunately, Texier's timing, I think, is not good right now. And that's why he's back on the taxi squad. The taxi squad. Ah, oh, that was a bad joke. Sorry. I like the kid. I like him a lot. I think he's got great potential. And um, as I said, he's going to bounce back. No need to belabor it any longer. Word economy. Shut up. That's what I'm going to do. Just shut up. So, Cameron, thank you for calling and semi-pretending like you weren't is hot under the collar as you were last week. I said calling. You didn't call. You sent that in. What am I talking about? Anyway, closest thing. But um, that's why that I talked to you about the 24-hour rule. Remember last week, Blue Jackets blew the lead against Florida. Cameron sent his question immediately on a Thursday, sent the question. If he would have waited till Friday or Saturday, Maybe he wouldn't have sent the question, at least not in the same form. But he did. 24-hour rule. Let it settle. See how you feel about it the next day. Maybe you change your mind. Maybe you're not so upset. Maybe you're not so hot. The camera came right back, didn't he? Came right back. I got respect for that. But again, he did, he did play it off a little bit, Cameron, like, yeah, yeah, I was hard on him. You said fire him. A week ago, you said fire him. That's it. No more chances. It's over. Fire him. He's done. But you underestimated him. <laughs> Again, when you're losing, everything sucks. And when you're winning, everything's great. And we'll see if the Blue Jackets can continue to win tonight. 7 o'clock at Nationwide Arena, game three of their four-game set with the Carolina Hurricanes. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 tonight. 
on Fox Sports Ohio and on the Blue Jackets radio network. I hope you will join me there for this one this evening. We'll see if the Blue Jackets can keep it going. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I did post on Instagram this weekend, which I should do more of, by the way. I I don't know. Showing my age again, I guess. I'm just stuck on Twitter and forgetting about Instagram. But I did have something that I wanted to share with you from there. And it was a, uh, it was a comment from CBJ Chris. And Chris said, his question was this. Do you need someone to buy you a razor? Well, it's a good question, Chris. The answer is no. But listen, I kind of, in my own messed up head here, I, you know, I get to these points where I just don't feel like shaving now. Now that I know I can at least get something on my face, I don't feel like shaving. And that's how it started. And then in my head, I had this number in, in mind. I, I thought, you know what? When the Blue Jackets win three in a row, I'll shave. And I was wondering if I would be back to the COVID beard. You know what I mean? But now they won two in a row. So by tomorrow, this could be gone. I would gladly show up here for the Friday show with nothing on my face, just clean shaven. And we'll see, see if that happens. Or I might just, well, listen, let's just hope it happens. If it doesn't happen, I might get tired of waiting anyway, but it has a really good chance of happening. Look, the Hurricanes have lost three in a row. They had won eight in a row. Now they've lost three in a row. They're going to be hungry. They are going to be buzzing. No question about it. They're without Vincent Trocek right now, which I think is a big deal. He did skate in practice yesterday, had a yellow no-contact no jersey on. I hope he's not ready to play until after they're out of town, until after they blow out of town. See what I did there? But the fact of the matter is they're going to be hungry. You better be ready to play if you're the Blue Jackets tonight. You better take advantage of being at home tonight because they're tired of losing. They've lost three in a row, and they're they're done with that. Now, two of them, they got points in. I get it, but they still lost, and they're going to be ready, and the Blue Jackets have to be ready to match that tonight. So we'll see if uh, by tomorrow I have none of this, which I would be thrilled to death to have none of this by tomorrow. Again, 7 o'clock face-off tonight at Nationwide Arena. Thanks for your questions. I appreciate it. As always, thanks for being there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I always appreciate it. Always. And I'll appreciate it if you join me tonight for the Blue Jackets and the Carolina Hurricanes from Nationwide Arena. That's going to do it for today's edition of CBJ and 30, presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.